0: Welcome to Sorry Not Sorry, where we unapologetically talk about Christianity and culture from a Pentecostal perspective. Here are your hosts, Dr. Jerry Ireland and Dom
1: Garcia. All right, welcome to another episode of Sorry Not Sorry. Today we're gonna be talking about prophecy, which, Dom, is something that's uh, a little bit in the news today.
0: My goodness, you know, I would not have expected it just a few months ago. I mean, it's always important and pertinent,
1: but wow, it is definitely trending to say the least. Yeah, I mean, we've had this slew of of evangelical prophecies going Mm. back uh, several years even, you know. Not only uh, predicting a, a Trump re-election, but but declaring unequivocally, yes. you know that they were absolutely certain that God spoke to them and told them uh, that that Donald Trump would would be re-elected. Obviously, that's not happened, and it's just a it's just a really bizarre phenomena to me. It's it's difficult because as as
0: Christians and as Pentecostals, we believe that the gifts are still in works. Absolutely, we believe in prophecy hopefully today will define a little bit what we mean by that. Um, And so when you see people who quote unquote maybe think they have a prophetic office or think that they are speaking prophetically and then it's so um, categorically, equivocally, empirically is not true, Though yeah. I'm sure they, I'm sure many are trying to rationalize and spin, and say, "Well, no, he did win," you know. Stop the steal, and I'm sure there's a way in which that 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 logic can yeah, still go for them. To
1: me, that's as bad as getting it so wrong. I you know. know, it may be even worse because it's dangerous because it, it's just you know. Craig Keener said this. He, he had an article come out uh, a few days ago uh, in Christianity Today uh, on exactly this topic, mm. and and he he pointed to the you know a handful of of. Uh, prof, so, so-called prof, self-proclaimed prophets who, uh, who you know, did predict Trump's re-election, claimed that God told them this, uh, and and a handful have repented. A mm. handful have issued sure. public apologies, which is good, yeah. uh, but the vast majority have not. Uh, and not only have they not, but they've kind of dug their heels in and, and said things like, Well, he really did win. Right. Um he but the election was stolen. Or exactly. you know, he really did win, but he won he's he's the spiritual president. Whatever spiritual? that means. <laughs> really? I've not heard this. Yeah. Wow, what is that? Yeah. Jesus and, didn't um, come
0: for an earthly kingdom, but, but Yeah. And so, you know,
1: Craig president. Keener was right. He you know, he he identified not only the how damaging that is to you know to the 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 existence of of the actual gift of prophecy, but yeah. also what a what a an incredible demonstration of a lack of humility that entails. And um, uh, so, yeah, I think it's good to talk about prophecy. Obviously, uh, we Pentecostals believe that prophecy is is a gift of the Spirit that is still in operation. Uh, I I kind of side with Gordon Fee, uh, who uh, uh, you know he's our uh, kind of the the, the Pentecostal, thoughtful he's the the, thoughtful
0: Pentecostal yes just the, he's one of a the, many one of the
1: the Pentecostal Pope uh, <laughs> yeah it's you <know>? yeah, <laughs> so, great I love Gordon so, Fee. he's the man yeah uh, and you know Gordon Fee uh, says uh, in his commentary I think it's on on uh, First and Second Corinthians that uh, uh, you know the gift is is that, that prophecy is is a gift, but but that the Bible doesn't really argue for the the office of a prophet, mm. uh, and, and I agree with that. And I, I think uh, I've always I have a bit of a problem with people who declare themselves uh, to be under that office or to have the title of a prophet, uh, because I think it's something that that people. It's a gift that you function in, maybe, sure. uh, and maybe a, a gift that you function in more than other gifts, but I, I don't think that means that you're necessarily, uh, that that's your your office or, or your calling necessarily. So do
0: you still believe, it's a... Shame on me, it's Ephesians 4, right? The The, the, yeah, five-fold, the yeah.
1: fivefold. Yeah. I mean, is prophet,
0: is prophet mentioned in that? Some will be... It is. So yep. I'm just saying, obviously, we're not cessationists, and we still believe in pastoral and teacher, right? Like, so how do we... Because I agree with you, but I'm just mm-hmm. for the sake of the podcast gonna just say, so how do we How do we differentiate between the idea that, okay, we don't think the quote-unquote office of prophet still exists for today, which feels kind of somewhat cessationist. Um, we say, well, that might have been part of uh, first century. Um, but at the same time, we would say that people still at times can be prophetic... Um, whether in a, in a worship service or or what have you, um, yeah, h- help me define it. Like even even I'm somewhat confused by what do we mean by prophecy? Is it a word of knowledge? Is yeah, it's a, word of, it's word a good of it's a good is question. It, am I telling you go? You know, the Lord's telling you to take that job, or the Lord's telling you to get a car accident, or yeah, just the yeah. Lord just wants you to know He loves you. Like what do we mean by prophecy?
1: Well, see, and that's th- this is the the problem I I have with those who who consider themselves to have the office or the title of prophet. Mm is is that I think it propagates this idea um, that that our everyday life of faith needs to be governed by this special secret knowledge that only a few people have and that only a few people have access to, when in fact our, our everyday Christian life is to be governed um, by the Word of God that's already been revealed. Right. Um, But I I am a big believer in the gift of prophecy. I've had people prophesy uh, over me in ways that have come very true and in ways that were very specific. Uh, I've had people prophesy over me in ways that never came true. So, So, So help me understand that. Because I think OT, and I could be wrong,
0: if a prophet gets it incorrect, you stone them. (laughs) Yeah, we don't do that that anymore (laughs) We don't do that, thank goodness, right? And again, annoying am I condoning that, right? We don't want violence Yeah. As much as I was like, the whole pacifism was I was just war I do believe in peace and pacifism And I hope that we can be peaceful and mindful of that Even when people are incorrect But like, how do we approach this? Because like, first I want to define as you're doing What prophecy is But then like, functionally, how does it work? And then should there be some sort of discipline yeah. Right? If someone is incorrect, the difference between me just saying prophetically, like, God loves you versus me, like, reading your mail practically and telling you everything yeah. and it doesn't come true, like, I'm just so confused by prophecy.
1: Yeah, it, it is, it's a, I mean, it, it's a confusing thing, you know? Yeah. And, and I think um, the one of the errors that the church, a lot of people in the church make because of that, this confusing um, nature of this gift, uh, is to just avoid it altogether. Mm. And, I, and I think that's a mistake. Uh, just as much as I think sort of these hyper prophetic movements are are just as bad because I, I think they create this atmosphere in which um, where everybody's sort of hanging on the every word and prediction and uh, and and you know prognostication of these these self-proclaimed prophets. and that's not how we're supposed to live our life of faith, right. you know um, that's, that's good. It's kind of it's it's almost anti faith, uh, you know. It's we we become followers of these individuals rather than followers of Christ.
0: And that's what's we Like, so I very much theologically believe in the priesthood of all believers. Mm-hmm. I don't actually think we even push it as far as we should, to be yeah, honest yeah, with you. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that I think that's a perfect point in the sense of like the prophet becoming this elevated position. It's like no, yeah. no, no. The pastor isn't even el- elevated. They're just living out their gifting. Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, that's literally the bottom line. You know,
1: and I, I've seen, I, I've seen, the whole spectrum. You yeah. know, I, I was, I went to a church uh, once in Buffalo, um, where they, you know, they had a guest speaker, an evangelist who was, you know, a prophet, and and he spent his whole uh entire message for maybe an hour, just kind of walking around the church, walking around the congregation, uh prophesying specific things to specific people, you know. That's somebody, true. uh, the Lord wants to heal somebody's foot, or you know, some the sure. Lord is healing somebody of cancer. Wow. Yeah. You that, know, thing. and and awesome. a lot of times it was very vague, you know, sure. like no, it, he wouldn't point to somebody and say the Lord is healing you of cancer. The Lord right. is healing somebody. Somebody Somebody here. has back pain. Ch- chances yeah. are that in a, a church of four hundred people somebody probably has cancer right yeah yeah no you're right absolutely Uh, and they're praying for these innocent people and the but the you know the the gift of prophecy is like all the other gifts it's for the building up of the body of christ right and and when i looked at that when i think about that experience uh you know there may be a few people in the congregation who were encouraged but most of the attention was on this prophet, you know? Sure. Uh, it was all about him. It was mm. all about his gift, you know, and right. his his discernment and, and his ability to um, uh, tell people what God was doing or not doing in their, their lives. Uh, and it just, the whole thing wasn't really Jesus exalting, you know? Right. Uh, and so that that was uh, my kind of my big problem with that. But there, uh, another, instance where I've, I've experienced prophecy is when my wife and I were itinerating as missionaries. Uh, my wife had just had a miscarriage uh, and we had a Sunday morning service. Uh, it was a snowy day, horrible weather to get out in. Uh, and we were both just miserable because we, she just had this miscarriage, mm. uh, like literally the night before. Um, it was just awful. Uh, and I go to this, this church in the morning uh, after the service, the pastor says, hey, let's gather around, pray for, pray for our missionary. Uh, and they, they prayed over me, and, and in the midst of that prayer, somebody spoke out, and they said, the Lord says, do not turn to the right or to the left, but fix your eyes on me, and I will show you the way, or, or something basically like that. That was the, the gist of it. Um, that evening, I had another service about two hours away. Um, Different church, different congregation. Uh, nobody at the second church was in the first church. Uh, after the, the evening service at the second church, um, the congregation came together, the pastor said, let's pray for our missionary. Exact same words. Hmm. Word for word, the same message. And so I went, I looked up all the passages in, in scripture that, that have that phrase, do not turn to the right or to the left. And in the context of all of them, it, often it was it was about focusing on who God is and what God is doing in the midst of some difficulty, you know, or in the midst of of things that are trying to pull you in different directions, uh, and um, and I took that as a word from the Lord, and and I, I I just couldn't imagine how that how how that could be a coincidence. Well, even I mean, it is a word from the Lord because it's
0: f- from. The it's word of it's out of Scripture, yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if we're talking... Like, I completely... I I feel very comfortable with that, actually. Yeah. Like, like, as much as I have a lot of questions when it comes to prophecy and the, and the office of prophet and and some of the uses of mm-hmm. the prophetic might in, in Pentecostal churches and all these type of things, the idea that the Lord could... Prompt you with a verse, and you could share it with a congregation, and God's—it's not going to return void. Like His yeah, word's going to go out, right. and it's going to—it's going to move somebody. That's
1: right. That's of right. Of course, yeah. I love
0: that. I yeah. think for me, the question is the—the the guy who walks up and reads your mail. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the thing that concerns me. I mean, per, yeah.
1: Is—is it, is it both? I mean, yeah. The, so per, that the, the question, you know, the, this often comes up in the—the the idea of well. Some people will say prophecy is not foretelling, it's forthtelling. Right. It's just speaking the already revealed will of God, it's not telling the future. Right. Um, I have a slight problem with that. In that, I think if you look at the way that prophecy functions in the Bible, there's both. There's there's both proclaiming the word of God. There's proclaiming, uh, you know, um, the words of the prophet Isaiah to the people of Israel or, or whatever. Thus saith the Lord. Uh, and and there's also there are examples of of prophets in the New Testament uh, and in the Old Testament that that have a predictive aspect to it.
0: But when we're looking at... uh, Absolutely, we look at an Old Testament context, we we look at the prophetic literature. I mean, I don't think there's any question. You look at major, minor prophets, we we see that there a lot of times they are telling what's gonna happen and they're kind of calling out Israel, right? There's no question, it's kind of both hands. In the New Testament though, um, when Paul is talking about we should prophesy more, in Corinthians specifically,
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: what is he talking about there?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a good question and and uh, unfortunately Paul doesn't define doesn't those terms redefine. for us. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the thing that's tough um, for me. So I think you I mean I think you have to to build the de- and, and this is why, you know, a biblical theology and systematic theology are so important because you 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 have to look sometimes elsewhere to understand how these verses are used. But like right. if you look at, at even at the book of Acts, you see both of these types of prophecy, you know, like um, you see um, uh, you know, in in um, Acts 11, you have this prophet Agabus coming to Antioch <clears throat> and predicting a famine. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, if that's not um, foretelling, I I don't right. know what is. You know, right. and so, um, uh, but but that's also not everything. That it's not the entire sure. um, way that prophecy functions. You you have um, other passages where where. Um, you have, or take for example, <clears throat> excuse me, John the Baptist. You know, John the Baptist comes and he, he is cloaked in the lifestyle and character, complete characteristics of an Old Testament prophet, from oh, yeah. the way he dresses to the language that he uses uh, to his diet, everything about him. Uh, speaks Old Testament prophet and Jesus calls him a prophet. Yeah, you know, um, but he mostly called people to repentance. But isn't isn't the isn't John the Baptist more of an Old
0: Testament believer anyway? Though, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, isn't I that mean, kind of the argument that it, not that he precedes? I mean, in a sense, he does precede Christ. but... Yeah, I mean, I mean we're, he's we're kind of the bridge. At, he is the bridge. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, he's great. He's the, he's best. the bridge so, between the old but, and the you new. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I'm not, and I completely agree. I'm just don't. Know, I don't know if I could look at the Baptist or John the Baptist as a prescriptive model for today.
1: I don't no, know, but but and I I think even even elsewhere, you know, you see um, examples of of both kinds of prophets. You know. Uh, there's another predictive example in Acts 21. Agabus, uh, Agabus comes up to Paul, uh, takes his belt off, uh, and says, "You know the person." And he binds Paul up, and he says, "The person to whom this belt owns will be bound uh, by the people if you, you know, if you go to the city." Uh, and everybody tries to stop Paul from going. Uh, that was a predictive prophecy. Right. Um, but you also have, um, uh, you know, like in other places in Acts, you have Judas and Silas who are called prophets, mm. uh, not not Judas Iscariot, but sure. another Judas. <laughs> uh, they're called prophets, and it's they're described as exhorting and encouraging people. Mm. Um not necessarily telling people's future or sure. telling them their fortune or or misfortune right. or whatever. Um, and um, uh, uh, even like in Matthew 13, Jesus talks about the the prophecies of Isaiah being filled during his, his own lifetime.
0: Right. And like tongues is going to always, you know, you're going to have one camp who's going to see it, this beautiful one camp who's not... And prophecy, I think most people are going to go, hey, if someone wants to stand up and feel like, I feel like the Lord wants us to go to this chapter and verse, I think the Baptists and the Pentecost are going to get together and go, amen, let's go to God's Word. Yeah. The idea of brother or sister so-and-so getting up and like, boom, just seems dangerous it just seems yeah. strange to me. I I it seems like it's so rare. I'm not a cessationist, so I'm not saying that yep. God couldn't. But should I, we be I agree, seeking actually. This? Yeah. Should I, we be elevating this? Should we be promoting it? Should we have prophecy minds? I think. Should to, we have prophet so and so in? Like what yeah. are we doing?
1: Yeah. I I think, you know, and there's you know, there's um, you know, whole groups of there's like this Elijah List newsletter of that goes out with all of these like a monthly or I don't know if it's monthly or weekly uh, list of of Proclamations by these self-proclaimed prophets. Wow, you know, and and I and I just think a lot of that um, ends up being more about those prophets than it does uh, uh, about following Jesus. You know, Um, you know, I I don't really need to know what what some prophet thinks is going to happen in the next election cycle in order to be faithful to Jesus. I really don't, seriously, (laughs) you know. Um, And and so I I I think I think you are right. I think. The gift of prophecy is probably rare and should be rare because anytime you say, Thus saith the Lord, you better be sure. Yes. (laughs) You know, I mean and I think I think hyper these hyper prophecy movements um, take that notion way too lightly of this idea that they're speaking on behalf of God. They take, I think many of them take it far more lightly than they should. Um, and and I just think that's really dangerous. Not only for them, but it's dangerous for the people that hear them, because as we've just seen, mm. you rarely hear an apology when they're wrong.
0: No, and the witness is 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 destroyed. I mean, you th- I mean, it's bad.
1: Sorry, Tim, I'm going to
0: get you. Probably going to want to edit this out. But politically, the last four years. I do not think has helped the cause of Christ in a lot of ways. I'm so sorry. I know I'm gonna get in trouble for saying yeah, that, uh, I, but I'm sorry. I think that the witness, I think there's wonderful believers out there who've tried to continue to proclaim the Lord, but there are a lot of people who have be, have allowed their nationalism to override their love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I love what, what, what Piper always says. We want Jesus to be personally precious, globally famous I don't know if we wanted Jesus being globally famous of last year I think we want a lot of other things yeah the, the, the point is is that when these people get up and they make these proclamations it's reinforcing I think the world's assumption oh see their ones are crazies that's right see their view on Trump see their view on nationalism see their view on prophecy oh then then the resurrection isn't real
1: yeah that's exactly right and and that's yeah I mean and, and I think I think you've hit it on the head that that When we do things that ultimately damage our witness as the church and damage the church's ability to reach people, that's that's pretty bad. It's really you know, bad. That, that's It's that, horrible. It, it is. It, and it
0: needs to be called out and people need to stand up, other believers, and say, no, Matthew 28, Great Commission, this is what we're called to do, is to yep. not just convert, but disciple. And I think not only has our witness for evangelism, but the actual understanding of what discipleship means. Like if people are looking at the Capitol ride and saying, those are disciples of Christ, my goodness. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying they're not saved. Who can question someone's salvation? I know everybody's gonna, Ooh. But I'm sorry. It's just I'm getting I'm getting fired up, Tim. Yeah, I I'm hear you. I'm getting frustrated, and I'm not saying I, I don't believe in prophecy. I'm just simply saying, like, what the praise, Jerry? It's, what has happened?
1: Exactly. What is going I, I'm on, with you, man? Yeah, I'm with you. I I think you're right, and and I, you know I talk about this in my class actually this this idea that you cannot have an expectation of of spiritual power in the church. If the church is sold out for political power, yeah, it, it, you can't have both. It's of not. it's one or the other. You can't serve two masters. You know, that's right. You can't serve two masters. God and Mammon. Well, guess what? Uh, this has
0: become your man. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I think sometimes these these prophecy movements really become more political-centered yes. than gospel-centered. Yeah,
0: it becomes kind of a soapbox. It becomes it, like a, a, a almost their orators. I it mean, does. They're, and, they're, and they're pretty good communicators. Like I watch, when we yeah. talk about it, I look yeah. some of these individuals up, they're pretty good communicators. Like I can see how they could convince people yep. certain things. Yep. It's like anything, you sit there like three, four weeks ago, and you're like, hey, we'll see. And then January 20th hits, and you're like, yikes. You know, it's yeah. just, you know, it's like, what are you going to do after that? Yep. So what do we do after that? What do we do now after January 20th? I mean, this is far larger than this of the election. I mean, yeah, I mean people yeah. that have supposedly been prophets have have been called out and have been shown to be incorrect for 2,000 years, right? Uh, if not longer. Um but what do we as a church... Because we talked about church discipline. Do you think that the church, the eldership of a church should come in and there should be some... Like, hey, we're calling out the guy who drinks too much or the guy who had an affair. Well, this guy just said he spoke for God. Nationally, it got news. And now the world is saying, oh, see, they're a bunch of loonies. We knew it. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. I do think that ought to happen. But the, the problem is... is- we don't do church church discipline at all, right? I know and <laughs> for that's the anybody issue. for anything. I know, you know, and and so, um, uh, but yeah, I th- I think you're you're absolutely right. I I think, um, you know, if, if you're living your life in such a way that that day by day you're hanging on the words of mm. of prophetic pronouncements, then then it seems to me like that's the very opposite of a life of faith. Yeah you know if if you need if you feel like you need somebody to clearly lay out the future for you tell you exactly how every, everything is going to pan out where does faith fit into that oh my and your own personal work like
0: i am a Pentecostal. So I go to God's word and I believe that he speaks through it and I also, this will probably seem weird to some of our audience, I actually sit and wait and I believe that the Holy Spirit can minister to me as well, right? And I'm not saying that a that quote unquote prophet couldn't speak into your life or whatever or someone have a prophetic utterance. Like mm-hmm. let's say that it's a parent or a loved one or someone who loves you yeah. comes and they may not say this is a this is a rhema word from God. They might just mm-hmm. come and say hey, I was just really praying for you and hear something. That can happen.
1: That's right. And and but, I think that's the way to do it is yeah. is Rather than like what we've just seen, people, uh, you know, Pat Robertson uh, saying, you know, the Lord very clearly spoke to me. The Lord told me this. There's no doubt in my mind. Donald Trump is going to be reelected. Obviously the Lord didn't tell him that.
0: Well, I don't uh, know,
1: Jerry. Maybe he did and, and Satan stole the election <laughs> and stopped the steal. That's you know, what I got to
0: cut this out. And so Tim. I'm, I'm getting fired for this one. I mean, whole, a little bit just, of humility the, the would go. The left is driving me nuts too, okay? Yeah. I'll just say to the right. The progressive left is is driving me nuts and so yep. is the religious right. But you yeah. know what? I'm my I don't want to say my people. That sounds weird. But many believers yeah. who are, who literally yeah. are, are are should be defined by the cause of yeah. Christ are not Showing up yeah. to certain rallies, they're showing up to other things. Yeah. And you're just going, What is happening yep. here? Like, are we, am I losing my mind? Like, That's I just, right. I can't for the life of me understand how people who love God, I'm not saying being pragmatic yeah. and, and, and feeling a certain way politically, but the strange allegiance to certain thing and the way that they're trying to rationalize it, like, um, but some prophets—I don't want to say names—but there was a guy. I don't know him well, but there was a gentleman who 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 I think did a prophecy, and then he actually walked it back and said, "I was wrong, and we need to repent." Uh, Jeremiah Johnson. That was it. That's yeah, the guy. Yeah. And so I don't did know a big him.
1: Two-part apology, and so you know.
0: I mean, at the same time, I think we have to be grateful that there are people who are willing to repent and try to kind of say, "Okay, Lord, forgive me. Community, forgive me. This was, you know, affected my witness." But okay, so all of this stuff, and this is like, got way too political, Tim. What the heck? What are we doing?
1: No, no, it's, so, but it's, you know, so, this, oh I think God. this is, it is significant because I've actually had students recently come to me mm. and say, you know what? With with all the the political stuff going on in the church, like I feel like an outsider. Like I mm. feel like I don't have a place in the church That's because terrifying. I don't agree with all of that. That's upsetting. Uh, and And if we don't correct this, if we don't address these things, we're gonna lose the next generation.
0: Well, that's well, that's exactly it. The other day, and I won't get too much into it, but uh, there's a, a documentary that came out and it's about evangelicals, right? And it was talking about the 70 million voting block. I'm like, you're gonna paint 70 million people with the same brush? Like, How unfair is that? Like we yeah. should never do that with any group. Yeah. And there's there's really, is, there's so many wonderful evangelicals. Like I am still gonna be an evangelical, why? Because I believe Matthew 28 and I believe I'm supposed to evangelize and I believe Acts 1-8. Yeah, but I'm sorry, right. I'm not going to align with this political idea. Yeah, I'm just right. not, or whatever the, because evangelicalism was never, anyway but it's just yeah, yeah. How, so all of this stuff is is fascinating and interesting so let me ask this when it comes to specifically prophecy we've seen how it's done incorrectly we've seen how it's done no we've seen how it's been done incorrectly we've seen some people who are willing to acknowledge their fault and ask for forgiveness so let me ask this is a tough question how does prophecy work when the bible is been finished like the canon's mm-hmm. been written and solidified there's no yeah, more there's no more yeah. word of god yeah. so how can someone give a Word from God,
1: yeah. So, I mean, I, I think the the answer to that is the simple answer is is that a modern day prophecy doesn't add to Scripture. Um, but has it uh, not? Like when the when the Pope speaks it whatever, he's it's inerrant.
0: I mean, it's on par with Scripture, right? I mean, when he's sitting in the... I can't remember what it's called, but there's like a thing when he gets to speak, it, right? Yeah. And the papist or whatever. I'm just yeah, but like, that's...
1: you know, The Catholic Church has a, a bit of a different view of, of, of authority than we do.
0: They do, but that's why I'm yeah, asking. Yeah. Like we, we absolutely think that the scripture is authoritative in our lives, yep. and yet someone can then speak for God?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, no, I think, I think it's not so much the idea that somebody can speak for God as it is that, that God um, continues to speak to people. Uh, hmm. You know, and and that God continues to reveal Himself in dynamic ways, uh, and that the God that we see active in the Old Testament and New Testament is the same God uh, that is active in our own lives, um, and and so I, I, you know, there are people out there who who have both past and present who who consider their prophecies to be additions to scripture. That is absolutely heretical. Oh yeah, um, oh my God. Uh, that's, that's a major problem. But I, but I think for most people who prophesy and who engage in prophecy, I, I just think a bit of humility goes a long way. And this was the point Craig Keener made in that CT article was, was you know, maybe instead of saying, you know, thus saith the Lord, hey, I, saw, I feel like maybe this is what the Lord is saying. I could be wrong, sure. but but this is what I think God might be saying to us right now in this historic moment. But like when I look at, at Scripture, it seems to me like prophecy functions primarily to call people to repentance, mm. uh, to call people back to a faithful, um, uh, faithful life dedicated to God, uh, and, and it occasionally uh, functions to alert people to a crisis. <laughs> Yeah. Um, or to help people get through a crisis, absolutely. Um, but um, but I don't see prophecy function. Even though I think there's a, f- a foretelling uh, element, I, I don't see it as this um, you know just wide open roadmap to the future. <laughs> I, I don't right. see. F- prophecy doing that in the New Testament, and and I think a lot of what passes as prophecy today attempts to do exactly that. Um, these prophets come out with messages week after week after week uh, to feed their their listeners and and to um, you know feed their appetite for the secret knowledge that only they can give them and that's, and yeah. that's really dangerous
0: and that's what's interesting is I think it's a great point the secret knowledge I mean the, the Word of God I think if hopefully if any of us open it and we do a little bit of study it it, can, it, it comes alive mm-hmm. right and the, it, there is no secret I mean I, that's what's actually what I've always loved about Christianity there's certain religions where you have to like get up to levels and there's certain things and yeah right, all this kind of weird like no 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 like open it up like you, yeah. you can go from Genesis to Revelation and hopefully, I'm not saying that you're talking about biblical studies in original languages, yeah. but that, that's an interesting point, this idea of like kind of the, the, a special knowledge that you're gonna get. And um, I just, I think what's what's always sad is that a lot of this in general gets lumped in. You have things like the Word of Faith movement, you have mm-hmm. these prophetic movements. And so you have Pentecostals who wanna work in this. Um, but I think there's confusion because it's like, well, I don't really agree with the word of faith. I don't believe in prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in these prophetic like movement, whatever you mm-hmm. want to say. Mm-hmm. So wh- where's like, golly, this is gonna sound so arrogant, Lord, forgive me and forgive me, audience. Like, where's, where, where's the thoughtful Pentecostal land when it comes to, when yeah. it comes yeah. to prophecy? That is so arrogant, and forgive me. Yeah. But like, seriously. Well, like There's only five you. of us. So uh, no, exactly, <laughs> the elect. <laughs> the right. five elect. No, that was but what obviously I, what I, in jest. <laughs> yeah, of course, but I'm saying, like, nuance. Yeah. Like, we've completely lost nuance, right? Yeah. Like, there, there's no ability to have any dialogue. Everything yeah. is so extreme on both
1: sides. Yeah. Shame on both. I'm sick of both political parties yeah. at this point. And ultimately, it's, I think it's a discipleship issue, you know? Well,
0: well that's what I'm saying. Like, so how, how let's say, that i mean you oversee mlt when you're working with your students yeah like how would you approach like being open to the spirit so that if god moves that you're bold in that and the yeah. oh, lord's calling me to this but then also humble enough that you don't get into all these things and people because so many people are going to throw the baby out with the bathwater jeremy yeah. a lot of wonderful yeah.
1: godly cessations yep. who i love them so much yep.
0: and they're just like yeah it reinforces what i always told you a bunch of a bunch yeah. of crackpots yeah
1: what do we do yeah it's true it's uh you know and i i think um you know maybe as we're winding down here i'm gonna I'm gonna come back to our buddy Gordon fee yeah uh, you know who um, who I've heard stories was known for I mean obviously he's a brilliant scholar uh, I, I think he's at the end of his life now I think he's not doing well um, uh, but um, was a leading New Testament uh, textual critic oh, you know um, and in uh, a Pentecostal uh, and i I was told by people that had him for a, a professor that, that he would, he would teach and he would stop his classes and, and spend half the class praying for people to be healed. Wow. Uh, and, and so, you know, this was a guy who, who embodied the, the, the highest of intellectualism and and thoughtful Pentecostalism, but also um, believe that that God still performed miracles and that that the Amen. Holy Spirit was present to accomplish the same things today that He accomplished in the pages of the New Testament, and and I, I think we need to to rediscover that balance, um, uh, but rediscover the gifts of the spirit in a way that they are guided by a deep understanding of theology uh and what the bible says not by um you know what our favorite preacher says uh, who may not have studied theology right yeah <laughs> you know so
0: here's the other question when it comes we talked we've talked a little bit about miracles we've talked a little bit about tongues when it comes to prophecy should this be something that we just are always seeking, and it should be expected. Because, like, if someone gets sick, we're like, we're gonna pray. We know God's sovereign, and we know that in mm-hmm. His sovereignty, He, you know, will or will not be healed. But it, we're not like, we're not like a healing ministry. We're like, everybody's gonna get healed tonight in the in the big auditorium, mm-hmm. right? And the same thing with prophecy, like. Should should it be an important part of the Sunday morning expression? Should it be part of our corporate worship, mm-hmm. or should it be something where we're saying, "God, in your sovereignty, we know you will do it, so we will not say it ceased." But it really is not normative.
1: Yeah, I I, I kind of lean towards the the latter. Like I, you know, when I when I first came to Christ, I was in a church and I, I was just getting ready to go into Teen Challenge. Uh, I didn't really hadn't really decided where I stood on the whole God question yet. I, I was kind of somewhere between atheism and agnosticism. And uh, and this pastor had us, uh, at one part, of the, after the sermon, had us get in groups of, this was pre-COVID, obviously, get in small groups and pray for one another, uh, which we did. Uh, and uh, there was an African-American lady in our group, uh, and she started to pray for me, and she just burst into tears. Uh, and she said, just weeping, said, the Lord has a ministry for you, and i i didn't i didn't know what a ministry was you know but I think she was right yeah no. <laughs> you know I mean i the Lord did have a ministry for me um, and after teen challenge, I went to Bible College and I've been in ministry ever since wow um, and, and so I, I I think we we need an openness to it um but I think uh being open to it is not the same thing as sort of hyper expectancy. Um, yes. uh, and, and, not, and I think we, we have to have this attitude that um, we can't make prophecy happen whenever we want. It's a sovereign act of God. God speaks when God wants to speak. Right. Um, and um, uh, if we're open to the gift, uh, God can use us in that way. Um, but, but I don't think we should have an expectation that it happens every time we come together.
0: That's good. No, thank you. I, I think that's helpful, because again, I, I don't want to throw it away, just because we've seen people who I think have abused the gift mm-hmm. uh, over the last, not just the last few months, but oh, again, 2,000 years. Right? There's a lot of stories of people have done it incorrectly. I don't want to throw it away, but at the same time, we ne- I think we need to find the balance in the mm-hmm. way in which we're like, hey, Lord, how do we move forward with this? I mean, I, I remember, and I'll finish with this, uh, Piper tells a kind of a cool story where he was preaching, and... He literally gave this really specific illustration. And this woman came up and was like, How did you know? And he was like, I didn't. I was the Lord. In the moment I was preaching, Right? He was proclaiming God's mm-hmm. word, and the Lord gave me this illustration, and that was for you, and that was something special for you. And he couldn't really describe it, but it was this kind of beautiful mystery. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I, I, how I kind of feel about yeah. prophecy, is, is yeah. in his humility... And it wasn't like, thus saith the Lord, I, prophet, so-and-so are gonna give you a word. Yeah. It was in this moment where he's proclaiming God's word, where he's using God's word, God gave him something, and it really did speak to that one woman. And there was a moment where God was able to illuminate that with her heart by the Holy Spirit moving upon her as well. Yeah, that's and right. I just think that
1: that's, that's beautiful. I think that's the way, you know, and yeah. like I, I don't want to be a practical deist, <laughs> you, right, you know, right. man. Like, like I, I, I don't want to be um, a person who, you know, practical believes deist. God's up there somewhere, but he's completely detached from yeah. our everyday life. But also, I don't want to live uh, in such a way that that if God is not doing something dramatic every week, that that I feel like he's abandoned me, because right. that makes. Faith much more about me than it does about trust and faith and walking, uh being led by the spirit and trusting God for whatever comes, you know? Um and so um yeah, I think you're right on. Thank you, Jerry. It's good stuff, man.
0: Man, can we edit half of this out?
1: <laughs>
0: can we cut most of it out? Sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, I, I actually think this is a good
1: one. Thank you for joining us today
0: on Sorry Not Sorry. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. And if you have questions or topics you want featured on the show, please email us at podcast sorry, not sorry, at
1: gmail.com. Thanks for listening.